Hello. Bonjour. Happy Boxing Day. To everyone on this side of the pond and to the other side of the ponds that have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> because Boxing Day does not exist in a lot of places. Do you know the story of Boxing Day? I do not. Um, no, I don't. I remember being told one time that it is an English tradition, which makes sense. We mm-hmm. are we are fallen from the colonizers. Or, yeah. um, but that the rich people used to put boxes of gifts outside of less fortunate people's houses the day after Christmas. So oh. like, Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. Tell me if I'm totally wrong. I'm okay to hear it. But that was that's my understanding of Boxing Day. Yeah, cool. Anybody who doesn't celebrate Boxing Day, it is the day after Christmas where all the sales are on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, good segue. <laughs> we are two days into our Boxing Day Patreon deal. So if you don't know what we're talking about, head over to our socials, TFTC underscore pod. It is in our highlights that you will see all of our tiers and all of the good perks that you get. And right now it's 25% off. So take advantage of this. Come on down, guys. Because we're not get... going to do this again until next year. Yeah, not until next year. Who even knows when it's going to happen again. And mm. you, guys, you get three bonus episodes. Three bonus episodes. Yeah. Plus a whole bunch of extra content. It's all there in black and white. Head on over. The link is on our Instagram. The link is in our episode description. Our link is everywhere. You can find it. Yeah, we even just uh, recorded our December bunk bed banter with a video accompanying it. So there are things evolving all of the time, and you're going to get extra bonus content as well as some merch perks uh, depending on the tier that you're on. Absolutely. Come on down. Yeah. And with that... What do you got to tell us about, Kayla? Okay, I'm excited about this episode. Um, This would be our third episode of Haunted History. And we're going in a little different direction. (laughs) And so when we visit the world of cryptids, our mind automatically goes to the Yeti, to Bigfoot, or the Jersey Devil. Even recently, the Mothman has made a popular resurgence. Have you ever seen the Mothman's butt? No. He has a, there's a statue. Is it juicy? In the city. Yes. In the city of Virginia. I don't know the name of the city, but it's in Virginia. I know that for sure. I watched a YouTube video and the statue, his booty, <laughs> badonkadonk. Oh it is God. wild. It is now on my list of places it to go. absolutely is. Around the world, every culture has stories of out-of-this-world creatures brought to life and often terrorizing people in their community. While some creatures are evil in nature, all are elusive, and only to be seen from the corner of your eye, leaving you to think, did I just see what I thought I saw? People begin to tell their stories only to be labeled as crazy and not to be believed. But for those people, their experience is real, and to tell their story can be incredibly intimidating and scary. Today's tale from the Chesterfield will bring you a cryptid not often talked about, But in the B.C. Lake of the Okanagan, the Ogopogo roams its waters in an episode we call Spirit Spirit of of the the Water. Love 
love talking about the possibility of the existence of cryptids. You know that about me. Yeah, I do um, too. So when we were going through our calendar of possible options, um, I kind of moved things around so I can put this up a little higher. That's fair. It's okay. <laughs> I approve. And I'm excited that the first one's going to be about Ogopogo. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think Nessie tends to overshadow him a little bit as like that monster of the sea. Fair, if I'm being totally honest. I had not heard about this this cryptid. Oh, until exciting. You moved it around on our calendar, and there was actually a, I listened to a podcast who spoke about cryptids, and I was like, oh, we should talk about one. And then lo and behold, my dear Kayla moved this episode up, and so I'm extremely excited to talk about and learn more about Mr. Ogopogo or Mrs. Ogopogo. The Ogopogo. It Ogopogo. The one and only. Oh, oh, well, we don't know if there's just one. Ooh, find out more. Maybe you've heard of Bigfoot or the Jersey Devil, like we mentioned before, but haven't heard of the umbrella term cryptid, so we're going to break it down for you. Essentially, there are animals that cryptozoologists believe exist in the world. However, they have not been proven to exist by science. I would say the most popular of the cryptids to be that of Bigfoot. In Canada, he's known as Sasquatch. Sasquatch Squad over on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I didn't even put two and two together <laughs> when I was writing this. <laughs> 100% we'll do a full episode dedicated mm-hmm. to that beast. He's actually our favorite beast. We It's obnoxious how much Sasquatch <laughs> stuff that we have, Bigfoot stuff. Anyways. I'm looking at a Bigfoot meditating right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we sure are. <laughs> And I have a keychain, and we have magnets, and it's annoying. <laughs> I went to the redwoods of California this year and um, looked for him. Didn't find him, but he saw me, and no one believes him. <laughs> okay, that's enough Sasquatch talk. What I find interesting, and why it's so much fun to learn about these legends, is because some cryptids have actually been proven as real animals, especially in our oceans. More than 80% of our ocean haven't actually been explored, so one could argue the possibility of a megalodon still existing today. There are actually seven cryptids that have been determined to be real, and we're not just talking footprints and hair samples. Just because an animal has yet to be officially discovered does not always mean that it's fake. So before you move on, let's kind of guess these seven is there any animals that exist today that you think could have been identified as a cryptid previous um okay well going off of the ocean thought sure there's that i don't know if it's an octopus is it like a giant octopus so you're on the right track so you're probably thinking of the kraken Yes, yes, We've yes. we the Seattle Kraken mm-hmm. are playing off of it. So the giant squid was actually oh, previously yes. a cryptid. And wow. fun fact, the most giant, <laughs> the largest giant squid was actually found in Newfoundland. Ooh. So I can smell a little future episode. Oh, I can smell there. it too. That's delicious. Yeah. That's um, wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think of what other animals look totally. What about that really ugly goop fish? You know the goop uh, fish that looks yeah, like he has the big nose? Like, I could see... The blobfish. Hit... Blobfish, yeah. I could see him, maybe. But he's not big enough to be, like, scary and people, like, no. are afraid of him. A lot of, like, oarfish mm-hmm. um, and sturgeon are what kind of become proven as some of the sea serpents. But, um, yeah, no. Mm, not okay. them. Um, but think of the platypus. <gasps> oh, yeah. A duck beaver 
otter otter yeah mixture. yeah, yeah. So the platypus oh, was once considered a cryptid okay um what do you think a rhinoceros could have been considered back in the cryptid day a unicorn a unicorn oh wow so initially the unicorn legend was actually described as an animal with elephant feet and a horse body with a horn uh, so and so rhino. that's that has now become the pretty unicorn of today um but the rhinoceros was actually uh that yeah you know what i think rhinoceroses are beautiful me too. They're still pretty. Yeah, I would like Save to the rhinoceri. <laughs> the russes. Um, so also in Indonesia, there was stories of giant land crocodiles. And it wasn't actually a crocodile or alligator. Can you think of an animal that would kind of still... It actually kind of has a cryptid kind of name. That, it, that thing that makes its little head big. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't think it's, he makes his head No? Big. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a dinosaur. Yeah, I'm mm, thinking of the, the dinosaur from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yes. Okay, yeah, no, the, I'm not. I don't know. The Komodo dragon. Mm, yes. Okay. He was yeah. once a cryptid. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, and one that I found when I was researching this was pretty um, out there. I would have not thought of this, but when you think of Sasquatch Yeti and Bigfoot kind of makes sense but until 1847 the gorilla was considered a cryptid and it wasn't oh. until like many years later that the mountain gorilla was also discovered and then taken off the cryptid list wow mm -hmm. yeah gorillas are fucking scary they're huge they're and menacing and beefy and thick. they make like wild noises mm -hmm. that if you heard that in your cabin mm -hmm. or like in your house yeah. from the outside yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah that that makes total sense no i wouldn't have thought of that but yeah. it makes total sense and then the last one, the seventh one, and I, I only knew this because of how much I like cryptids, but do you know of the Okapi? No. It is like a cross between a zebra and a donkey. So it has like a donkey top and zebra legs. That's fantastic. Yeah, so he, he's from, um, they live in Africa. And to put it into context, the Okapi was only photographed in for the first time in 2008. Wow. So, like, this isn't long ago. This isn't no. 1890s. All of them were discovered, and we haven't discovered anything since. So this theory of human beings being the be-all and end-all and that we know everything that's out there, I think, is a little naive. So this is what gives cryptids that aura and that excitement and perhaps... We already know of a creature that just hasn't come to light yeah. in a way that, like, you know, ab humans need that absolute proof of identity. So, like, 2008's not that long ago. No, not at all. So if we just sit and we listen and learn some of the stories, like, who knows what we might discover. That's so exciting. Today, though, we're here to tell you the tale of the sea monster, resident of Okanagan Lake, named after the First Nations people who first inhabited the area. It is nestled in the banks of Kelowna, B.C. This fjord was carved by multiple glaciations. It's a popular area for boating, fishing, spending the days on the beach, and of course, keeping an eye out for the elusive Ogopogo. This creature didn't get his name until 1912 when an English music hall song decided to name it Ogopogo. Previous to 1912, it was simply known as a sea creature by colonizers. Indigenous people of the area spoke at lengths of the Nahaitic. The Sequampic and Silix natives regarded the Nitaka as an evil supernatural entity with great power and ill intent. 
They would sacrifice small animals to the Nitaka for safe passage over the Okanagan Lake. One oral story says that a chief was visiting their lands, and while having been told of the Nitaka, he did not heed warning and did not come prepared with a sacrifice. With his family, he boarded a canoe and set out to cross the lake. The Nitaka whipped up the surface of the lake with his long tail, and the canoe, the chief, and his family were sucked to the bottom of the lake. The evil connotations of this entity only came when the stories were passed to colonizers. The Silix people say the Nitaka is a water spirit there to protect the valley. The word Nyatik translates to the sacred spirit of the waters. Early settlers recanted family members patrolling the shores to protect themselves from the sea creature that they believed to have lived in a cave around Rattlesnake Island, a small island said to be the home of the Okopogo. Dating back to 1872, there have been sightings, drawings, and photographic evidence trying to prove Nahatik or Okopogo's existence. Kind of seems like maybe if the settlers had believed the indigenous people, they wouldn't have had to protect themselves against the sea monster. I think a lot of cryptids have root in racist past. You oh, think yeah. like Africa, you hear stories from the native people from Africa and then the white people are like, that doesn't sound real. Yeah. And then they go on this list of cryptids yeah. and then they're proven to be real. Yeah. So oh, if, yeah. If if somebody hundreds of years ago told me about a gorilla, mm-hmm. I'd have probably been an asshole hundreds of years ago. Mm-hmm. Now I know better, but hundreds of years ago I would have mm-hmm. definitely been an asshole. That's not real. <laughs> Giant and sla- slams its chest and Hairy charges and you and it's hair. No. Sharp teeth. Yeah. I know better now, but. Mm-hmm. The first notations of the Ogopogo were in petroglyphs, drawn as an aquatic serpent feeding on kokanee salmon. The photos and drawings and verbal descriptions are often similar in style, which lends to the validity of the tale. Ogopogo is said to have a long, serpent-like body with a head resembling that of a horse or goat. Sightings from those who have seen the creature within about 50 to 100 feet have also noted fin-like appendages on it. The first Western sighting was from a white settler in, in 1987 from Susan Allison, who said to have seen a dinosaur in the lake. She saw the creature from her home, which is now Quail's Gate Winery in West Kelowna. The next sighting wasn't until 50 years later, when Okanagan Mission Beach goers all reported seeing the legendary sea serpent. Sighting reports really started to pick up after the Ogopog, as the Vancouver province called it, reported a sighting in 1947 stating, A creature believed by some to have been a baby sea serpent was brought to Vancouver, It has the lines of the true marine monster, glaring eyes, a sheep-like head, a long black fin, and a sinuous method of navigation. Its mouth was a round cup like the suckers of a devilfish's arms, and inside the cup were sharp teeth. The marine horror first shocked the men on a scow of the Fraser. It came wriggling up on the craft. Gingerly and using gloves, a man picked it up and put it in a tin can filled with water, said a Japanese fisherman when faced with the mystery. I know Ogopog. After one additional sighting, someone finally was able to capture the creature in a photograph in 1964. We'll definitely include this photo and all other photo evidence we talk about today on our social media. So head on over there at TFTC underscore pod. It is quite blurry, given it's over 50 years old, but you can certainly tell how large the disturbance is in the water based on the shoreline. 
I could definitely see why people would see this and be scared or have a negative reaction, especially considering the residents already knew and, and have heard about the spirit of the water. A surprisingly similar photo was taken in 1976 by Ed Fletcher of North Vancouver. This photo, again, we'll make sure to post it, is a little bit clearer. And to me, it reminds me a little bit of those <laughs> tourist trap photo spots. Oh so I have actually been to Okanagan Lake, but it was like a super odd trip. And I truly didn't even know about Ogopogo back then. So I didn't go in search of him. I have photos and I think I said it was Okinawa. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Mm -hmm. And it knew my geography. Yeah. I'm really good at geography, so. Yeah. But uh, when I went to Scotland, my friend and I did go on a boat ride on Loch Ness, and we certainly did look for Nessie, but spoiler alert, we did not find her. She did not come up to say hi. But before we went on the boat, there was those large cartoon sculptures that you could take photos with. And as if like the ground is the water and they're swimming, so their bodies are coming in and out of the water. That's what this actual photo reminds me of. Okay. So a little Nessie fun fact, which I actually just learned yesterday. I was listening to my favorite podcast, Red Handed, and they did their shorthand on cryptids. Hence, we've already spoke. But they spoke about the theory that one of the main guys who searched for Nessie is, Nessie was able to leave the lock mm. and go into the ocean. And that's why we can never find her because she mm. comes in and out. And they said there is some validity to this because near the bottom they found like a mass that had seashells or a growth on it that could only have grown from salt water oh. where lochna the the lock mm -hmm. is fresh water oh, so there is a little bit of validity to that tale yeah so that just was a fun little interesting tidbit that i literally just learned about yesterday i'm gonna have to listen to that episode it's a good one i mean they're all good but it's a good one I think what I like about this legend specifically is the multiple accounts of the same sightings from multiple people. I know that aliens aren't really considered a cryptid, but one of my favorite unexplainable accounts is the 300 or over 300 reports of UFO sightings over Western Michigan. It was recently documented in an Unsolved Mysteries episode. It was so interesting to see the same phenomenon being explained by different people in the same way and there's accounts like that with the Ogopogo so it's things like that that put me on that like believer railroad track mm -hmm. um, and make me just kind of go oh this is kind of cute so for the Ogopogo in 1978 Bill Stekiak was crossing the bridge from the west side of the Okanagan Lake into Kelowna and while driving, he caught the movement in the lake and immediately stopped his car. All the traffic behind him stopped and everyone began to get out of their car and go to the railing to see what was happening below them. All 20 people saw what appeared to be a head with three black humps behind it about 60 meters away protruding out of the water. Bill and the onlookers watched the creature swim for about a minute, after which time it disappeared beneath the water's surface, leaving a substantial wake. And in the grand scope of things, I know a minute doesn't really seem that long, but when there's something that you're not expecting or you're scared or you're curious, 60 seconds can feel like a lifetime. As anybody who's ever done a plank, 30 <laughs> seconds can feel like a lifetime. So I can only imagine the sheer awe. I love that. And when we're doing a plank, 
the sheer awe <laughs> of what everybody's going through in those two separate experiences i can imagine 60 seconds felt like an hour a hundred percent yeah because you want to you're waiting for what you do it's almost like when you're recording your cat when they're about to do something really cute Mm -hmm. and you know they're about to do it because they've done it a thousand times but that waiting of like okay you're gonna do it so could you like just do (laughs) it like just the reaction video that I just watched. It's edging. It's like, I know they're going to do it, so just do it. So I can only imagine what these people were going through. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, 60 seconds is going to feel like a total lifetime. As we move into modern day, there are many more reported sightings of the Ogopogo that are similar in nature. What I enjoyed seeing in the research for this case was that Canadians out there are ready with their cameras in the lake. They are searching for him. We are going to put up a very specific photo. We're going to go on to talk about what the Ogopogo could be, if not a monstrous sea serpent creature. Because, of course, we love answers and to cast doubt on cool things. But, to be honest, there are two sightings, one recount and one photo that really made me take pause and wonder if the Ogopogo was real. Across the Lake Swim, Canada's largest and longest open water swim takes place in the Okanagan Lake annually. If anyone listening is a marathon swimmer, mark your calendars. July 20th, 2024 marks the next one. Swimmers of all ages and abilities go to the lake to test their swimming abilities and challenge themselves with this 2.1 kilometer distance. Now, I know open water swimming is so much different than pool swimming. I remember watching the open water swimming marathon during the Japan Olympics, and I was amazed at the ability of these people. I I wish I wish we were on video. I know we've said before that we tried and it was a disaster. (laughs) But when they swim, because they're doing like the front stroke, they have people on the bank of like a little dock thing and they're holding these sticks with water or Gatorade or whatever is on the end. Oh wow. And they end up they so they're swimming, 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 and then they backstroke take this person dumps the liquid into their mouth and then they flip back over and they continue swimming wow it was wild how much training do you think the gatorade drippers need to go through an interesting little tidbit too and i will answer your question after but and i kind of i guess we know this from being in the desert and having to eat salty things to retain water but i think the water in the gatorade also have salt packages in it because that's what hockey players yeah um hockey players drink Mm -hmm. uh, on the bench so if anybody doesn't know um, we're big hockey people, mm-hmm. and so we went to a Nashville Buffalo game in Buffalo, and Tyson Berry gave Nathan his water bottle, and it had stuff in it, and so we came home, we were like, well, we're going to drink it, and I have an obsession with yellow Gato, yellow mm. Gatorade. Yellow Gato. <laughs> and so, Gatorade, sponsor us. And so Tyson Berry had yellow Gato in his water bottle, we all pour it out into separate cups, and we all take a swig, and it was just packed full of salt. Ooh. So I can imagine that these open water swimmers also drink salted whatever their choice is yellow gato my colon just like oh yeah it was the most disgusting thing in the entire world and we have this thing when we're trying a new drink we all try it at the same time Mm -hmm. together it was so bad oh that brought up a visceral memory right there and like i can swim Mm -hmm. i can swim in a pool i can swim in a lake lord knows like don't dump me in the middle of the lake and expect (laughs) me to survive like i would have died in Alcatraz, I would have been like, just leave me in my cell. I yeah. will not oh, last yeah, no, just... the trip to San Francisco Bay. 
Um, yeah, it was just, that would be bad. I feel like just the unpredictability of the environment itself is like a different type of mental, physical, and even like emotional preparation uh, to be a successful open water swimmer. Mm -hmm. So to tie it all off, I'm scared of sharks at the bottom of the pool (laughs) when I swim at night. So (laughs) we're just going to start there. Put yourself Okay. In an ogopogo infested lake and make me swim, like, for my life, I'll be the next ghost to hunt the mm. lake. <laughs> oh, you would. You'd be the white woman of the lake. Yeah. Negra on the lake. Oh, That's a legend that maybe we'll bingo, do. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Yeah, yeah, you're one of them. Yeah, like, water just kind of scares me. There's a photo later on that, like, literally gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not afraid of swimming in them. Or oceans, like I swim everywhere that I can, and I really want to learn to scuba dive one day, but this just all sounds like drowning to me. Yeah, for sure. The only thing that I can kind of, sorry Blake, um, when we were in the Dominican Republic, mm, you yes. already know this story, but my husband, very similar, he doesn't want to fuck with the ocean. Like mm-hmm. he will not, he's put his feet in before, mm-hmm. and that's about as far, and he's like, no, go ahead, go ahead, he'll stand and like supervise me as I go frolic in the ocean, and like of course he would jump in if I, if anything were to happen, but like he doesn't go in the ocean. So this past trip that we went on to the Dominican back in May, I somehow convinced him to go on a scuba diving <laughs> trip. I don't know how. God bless that man. He loves me so much that he literally just keeps doing these things. Yeah, I'm we also sh- got him to swim in the underground rivers in we Mexico. We did. Yes, we did. The underground mm-hmm. rivers, the underground caves. He went with my mom. Bless mm-hmm. his soul. So he goes out to the ocean um, for the scuba diving journey. And he his life jacket <laughs> breaks. I'm, I'm not like, and I'm not like, oh, just the strap's a little loose. Breaks breaks and the the waters are choppy there's literally ocean life all around us i'm in my glory like oh my god look at the fish like, not realizing that he is drowning and begging for his life he's like trying to get the attention of the people that were supposed to save our lives <laughs> if these things happened and they were just like laughing at him and like you you're fine you're fine he had this like hot girl on his back this not my husband the lifeguard he had this like hot girl on his back and he's like swimming with her and pulling along the rope and blake's literally drowning <laughs> like the <laughs> there is a meme here somewhere <laughs> the poor man finally gets to the it was a shark turtle sanctuary and you swam with the sharks and you swam with the turtles it was really cool but you took a picture at the end of it blake literally butted in front of everybody and was like i almost died i gotta get this picture and i gotta get on the boat and like everyone's like fussing and whatever and i'm like mm, he's he's not this kind of person so let's just take this photo and then he literally held on to me the whole It was completely broken. So this poor man. (laughs) This poor man. I don't know that I'm ever going to be able to get him to the ocean ever again, but I'm definitely not going to be able to get him into a lake where there might be a sea serpent. The Ogopogo, he doesn't want to go swimming with him. No, he doesn't. Especially lake water's murky. Yeah. At least this water was clear so you can see the bottom. And when you look at photos of the Okanagan, it's like tea lake. Mm. Like you can't, it's brown water. She's, She's brown. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, there's my little fun Blake story who makes a, an appearance from time to time. Love you, Blake. So, in the great year of 2000, marathon swimmer and cancer survivor Daryl Ellis signed up and was getting ready for the Across the Lake Swim on August 24th. 
This year, he was going to swim the length of the Okanagan Lake, not in one go, but 135 kilometers long to raise money for cancer research. For a short distance, as he swam past Rattlesnake Island, two creatures began swimming with him. Hell no. Hell no. No, 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 no. Daryl noted that he could tell the creature was at least 20 feet long as he could see the head in the front and the end behind him as he swam. He described it as a log in shape and black and gray coloring. Rattled by the sight, no kidding, he swam to the spotting boat and got out of the water. From the boat, they could not see the creature and he headed back into the water to continue his swim. This is when the monster breached the surface, and as he continued to stride forward, he described the eye as big as a grapefruit and around nine meters away from him. By this time, the legend of the Ogopogo living in the depths of the lake was well known in B.C. Using a police sketch artist, Daryl described his encounter and a drawing... <laughs> I'm so sorry, they used a police sketch artist <laughs> for a sea serpent. <laughs> this is, yeah, this this is, is so legit. Well, because this is the first account of somebody being in the water with the creature, right? So, so yes, Daryl did use a police sketch artist, and he described his encounter, and a drawing was made of the Ogopogo swimming mate. So looking at the drawing, it looks like something a high school student would draw (laughs) for, like, extra credit in the Cryptid Cafe Art Institute. And I think one could argue that swimming this distance, it's possible to start maybe seeing things Mm -hmm. um okay but let's look at it Mm -hmm. then i want you to close your eyes and imagine actually seeing it okay okay so look at the so i I am looking at it i do agree with you about the cryptid cafe extra credit for sure Mm -hmm. but i'm not in the water with this thing right so let me yeah no nope like you're swimming Mm -mm. because your head comes out of the water when you're taking a breath Mm -hmm. And that's what you see before putting your face back into mm-hmm. the water. No. For would... context, Alicia shaking her oh, head sorry. viciously. <laughs> viciously, yeah, no. It's, um, yeah, no. He's huge. He almost looks like a whale. Whales yeah. are not going to come into this lake. Mm. Or are they? <laughs> sorry, everyone. You didn't need that. Each year after Daryl's encounter, there has been at least one or multiple sightings. The second sighting that really made me wonder came in 2006. On September 7th, Michelle and Giles Bevelow from West Bank were out on their boat and took this photo just below the water south of the Kelowna Mission area. So with the photo, they estimated the animal to be around 25 feet long, similar to that of Daryl's account. Okay, so Alicia, I'm going to show you this photo as well. Again, okay. everybody will be able to see this already. It's going to be posted on our social media when this comes out. So based on all of the photos, I thought that this one was the most clear. Yeah, it look, and it looks very, very similar to what was described originally. Yeah. I would argue that this does not look so much like the picture that Daryl saw, but this looks like a picture of... Again, it was drawn, so who knows? Do we have <laughs> Daryl's reaction to this photo? Sketch artist. No, there's no. Um, there's a couple documentaries that folks have been in, but they usually talk about their experience, not other people's experiences, mm. and they don't say like, "Yes, that's what I saw." This little thing in the back mm-hmm. is what makes me have questions. Well, they were on a boat, right? Right. And okay. so I'm wondering if they were fishing, and it's okay. like a fishing line, okay. um, and the the 
what do they call it? The thing at the end of the fishing line. Bait? The bait. The bait. Yeah, the, it's the like the tackler, yeah. the floating bait thing. Go ahead. Oh, it's the cat. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, who's interrupting Mountain us? Mountain Man wants to come in. There you go, you guys. You've heard your first your first Mountain Man experience. Hello, Mountain Man. How you doing, buddy? Okay. Sorry, we closed the door on you. He, well, welcome to the pod, Mr. CEO of... Yeah, the owner's in here to do quality control. That's true. We better be on our best behavior. <laughs> if you're interested in reading about more sightings, there's a lot more documented that we didn't touch on today. If you would like to reach them, you can find a full list on www.ogopogoquest.com and www.sunnyokanagan.com. So now that we know and we're seeing these photographs, we need to kind of figure out if there really is a spirit or a creature in this lake. The Okanagan Lake is a landlocked body of water home to several fish species, including kokanee salmon, burbot, rainbow trout, and lake whitefish, as well as Alicia's favorite critters, the otters. I, okay, never mind. I will go swimming in this lake if I can see some otters. Otters are sea kittens. Have you heard them? They meow mm -hmm. and they snuggle and they, oh. They hold rocks. They hold rocks. They hold hands. They snuggle in logs. They, I can't. I could go on and on. I could start an otter podcast. I love them. Could otters be the answer to these Ogopogo sightings? The most common and widely believed answer to these sightings is that they are rapidly traveling families of otters. There have been some photographic evidence proven to be the adorable otters. They all swim together in a line and go in and out of the water, mimicking that a vertical hump feature so popular in sea serpent depictions. I can't say that without joy in my <laughs> voice. So you get what you get, listeners. Waters are awesome. This can certainly account for the first photo we mentioned from 1964. And when you look at it with the new information, I can say pretty certainly it is the otter phenomenon we're looking at. So take a look now at that first photo in the bunch. Yeah. And think of it as individual otters rather than yeah. one long sea creature. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. I know. But that's kind of cute. It's super cute. Yeah. Perhaps a bit more unbelievable is that there could be a prehistoric shark or whale living Ooh. in the lake, just like you mentioned. Yeah. Well, this may sound pretty ridiculous. Let's look at why this is a possibility, and it might just change your mind. I love this theory, mostly because I love sharks. Mm -hmm. I love that shark conservation has, like, really been on the rise. A lot of myth debunking and understanding why they're so important to have in our oceans has been a conversation recently, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Shark finning has become prohibited in Canada since 1994, and if you're interested in helping save our sharks... Please look into this barbaric act and speak out against shark hunting competitions and the import and export of shark fins in your country. Now back to your regular scheduled <laughs> programming. There's another photo. It's actually our most recent photo from 2013. And boy, the first time I scrolled past it, it made me look away and get all gross in my belly. So I don't know what that fear is called, but I really didn't like it at all. So, okay, Alicia. This is, I think, the last photo that I'm going to make you see. Um, this photo is what has led some to believe that it is possibly that it is possibly a shark living in the waters of the lake. 
This is a prehistoric shark, what I'm looking at. Right? So, wow. (laughs) I know. Sharks in lakes can be a bit unbelievable, but it's not totally off course. Bull sharks have been spotted in Caribbean lakes. Uh, The one thing Canada's got going for it, though, is that our lakes are very, very cold, and bull sharks can survive in freshwater, but they won't last long Mm. in cold water. There is no toque that would fit his smooth head. While there are about eight species of sharks that live on the coast of BC, it's not the modern-day sharks we're talking about when considering the existence of the Okopogo. Have you heard of the Greenland shark? I have not. Tell me more. So... The largest of the species found was about five meters in length, and with the shark growing about one inch per year, it put the shark between the ages of 272 and 512 years old. Oh my goodness. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, people are not claiming our Ogo is a Greenland shark, but what this proves is, is that there may be other species that can live this long and just be this damn big. Mm Mm-hmm. There are currently deemed extinct species of sea creatures that could maybe have survived in certain bodies of water. We've mentioned Nessie, but there are a lot of lake cryptids that are said to exist. Ogopogo and all of them are just in the B list of cryptids. Plesiosaurs and Basiosauruses are among the most popular in opinion, and I've got to say, looking them up, I've pretty much convinced myself a Basilosaurus still lives in B.C., cheering on men, completing long marathons. While not a dinosaur like a T-Rex was, this is the first prehistoric whale known to scientists. The plesiosaurs look more like a typical Nessie style, the long neck, wide body, and four flippers. But the basiosaurus is long and thick with little fins and a head like a horse. It was so convincing that in 1845, a skeleton was put on display in Chicago and was said to be a hydra sea monster. Is it that far off that these ancient animals could not have spawned smaller, more adaptable family members? Now, most lake or river monsters are often attributed to being a sturgeon. The largest sturgeon ever caught was 23 feet 7 inches long. Probably, it would be like, 3 inches long. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just estimated. Yeah. Based on... What their husband told them their size was. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> Did you ever watch River Monsters? No. No, it's fine. Like, this is a really random topic that I know a lot of. The host, Jeremy, would travel the world to catch these elusive fish that had been deemed monsters, essentially. Oh, this is right up your alley. uh, Right? But it was not monsters like cryptids, but they would look at giant stingrays and sturgeon and things like that. Um, And it's one of the only shows that I've literally seen every episode on. And they had to stop... The show, they, they ended the show because he literally caught all of the monsters. Wow. So it, it's so cool. It, it's literally the only show that if there was reruns, I would stop everything and just like start watching it again. But I like fishing. I've done like deep sea fishing um, and like dock fishing and all of that. So I really found this show so, so incredible. I love fish. It sounds literally right up your alley. Yeah. So um, Jeremy and his crew did catch a sturgeon during an episode. And I think it was like 10 feet long. And it was in America. And it was close to BC. So I, it must have been somewhere in Washington. Um, so if there's any other river monster fans that want to correct me, please do. But I think it was in Washington, which is really close to BC, mm-hmm. really close to Okanagan Lake. So I'll likely 
force you to watch this with me because it's so cool. The fish is wild. There, I believe it. We'll talk about it, but it's so long and it has spines. So, Ooh. like, when it comes out of the water, it looks like a sea monster. Okay. See, so now the only surge sturgeon that I've seen are the ones that you can catch in the EA game, The Sims. And <laughs> <laughs> tell us about that, Alicia. <laughs> In The Sims, you basically just go to like any pond, any lake, and any... just sturgeon. No, no, like no. Sturgeon. no. You can you can catch a bunch of different fish, and oh, they okay. they do kind of make it based on like if you're in you know Sulani, which is the island, you're not gonna necessarily catch you know a goldfish, but they they'll so whatever. But sturgeon are pretty much in every single solitary one of the lakes slash ponds slash yeah. whatever. And I wish that they would make an animation that it yes. could do that, since that you can so pretty you much catch them. Yeah, that, that would be, be cool. Really cool. Shout out to EA; it's a good idea. I know yeah. this is a very people. If you if you don't like The Sims, I'm sorry. I don't do a lot of Sims content, but every once in a while, mm-hmm. every once in a while, I just have to throw it in there. Sturgeons, huge. Also, you also with the sturgeons in, in Sims, you get you get an option. Yeah, I even he doesn't like it. <laughs> You, you get an option to throw it back because um, they shouldn't be removed from their natural habitat. I don't think you eat sturgeon. I wouldn't eat sturgeon. I was there, but I don't eat a lot of fish, so. <laughs> and we digress, and we're going to come back from our Little Sims content, but... While there are a large population of sturgeon in the ocean waters, like we mentioned before, Okanagan Lake is landlocked. And while there are certain species of lake sturgeon, no one has even caught this fish in this specific lake. According to a book called Lake Monster Mysteries, there's actually a $10,000 reward to catch a sturgeon in Okanagan Lake. One of the possibilities is that there's actually no physical creature at all. The indigenous stories of the Nahuktik did not always mention of a physical creature, but more of a spirit of the water. Some accounts discuss the movement of the waters and the wakes created by the spirit. This possibility may have been a legend stretched from a series of natural occurrences like water spouts. Depending on the severity of the water spout, the damage this can cause to canoes and boats is very indicative of a creature pulling canoes to the bottom of the lake. So perhaps there's no physical creature at all. Whatever you believe, the exploration for the mysterious Ogopogo continues to live and thrive here in Canada. While healthy skepticism remains, intriguing evidence, be it blurry photos or eyewitness testimonies, keeps the allure alive. Whether a prehistoric sea serpent or a natural phenomenon, Ogopogo embodies the wonder of the unknown, urging us to keep exploring our world's mysteries. So, whether you're a skeptic or a believer, the quest to uncover the truth behind Ogopogo invites us to keep our curiosities afloat and continue exploring the depths of the Okanagan Lake. Have you seen the trailer for Night Swim yet? No. Okay, can we do that right now? And you're going to give everybody your genuine reaction. Okay. It's probably a hard no, but I saw this recently and I got scared. So when I was looking at that photo that gave me the creeps and you said looked like a prehistoric shark, this is all I can think of. Okay. Oh, you know it's gonna creep because of the music. It needs a little work, but I don't think it's gonna last long at this price. There's a pool. I always wanted a pool. 
do that. That seems like a really bad idea. see that. I will never watch that. I will never be a part of that. I'm upset with you. That was me when I looked at that photo. Nope. So, 2023 is now coming to an end. Sure is. We will never forget the beginning of this podcast journey. For everyone who is coming back, listening week after week, we honestly cannot tell you how thankful we are. Ugh. Yeah. But don't forget our Boxing Day sale. It's going on right now. Head on over to our Patreon to subscribe and help us continue and build and do bigger and better podcast dreams, do more reaction videos, do more international oddities, do more of whatever the fuck you want us to do. Mm-hmm. We cannot wait to see you all in the new year. Have a safe New Year's Eve. And anyone who's doing the polar bear swim on New Year's Day and Okanagan Lake and all over Canada, we want to hear about it. We will actually be in Dallas, but maybe in honor of this episode and the start of our podcast journey, we'll find some way to jump into some cold water that day. (laughs) Kayla will find a way to jump into some cold water that day. I will film it. Um, If we work up the nerve to do it, you'll find our stupid asses on social media. Maybe we'll go live. Who knows? TFTC underscore pod. Um, We love you. Kag Hanukkah Samahach Heriza Kwanza Merry Christmas I love that that's the one that you messed up <laughs> Merry Christmas Akamashait Omiato Happy New Year to a bigger and brighter future Cheers Cheers Tink 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 Bye